I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On today's podcast, the fabulous Adam Richard joins me to discuss our favorite TV shows for 2022. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I don't care what the Red Hot Chili Peppers tell me. I will not throw away my TV here on Big Squid. Thanks for joining me today for our second of four podcasts covering what we enjoyed in 2022. If you missed our first one, head back to the opening episode of Season 7 of Big Squid and you can find Alexi Toliopoulos and I discussing our favourite movies. You really responded uh, extremely well to that one. People were really into it and I think you'll enjoy this 2022 roundup of our favourite television shows with Adam just as much. Uh as I think I've told you before, a little more crossover this time between Adam and I, but not too much. Lots of TV to be discussed. And then towards the end of the podcast, you'll uh, hear us not only discuss your favourite TV shows, the TV shows that you shared with Adam and I, uh, but also Adam and I have a new project lined up for Season 7 of Big Squid. So keep your ears peeled out for that. Very excited <laughs> to be discussing this. And uh, anyway, I'll tell you more about that at the end of the podcast. A reminder for Adelaide friends, I will be back in my hometown soon with my first solo show since the pandemic, Little Victories, performing at the Rhino Room for five shows only. I kick off on the 28th of Feb and my listeners can access cheaper tickets by using the discount code PODCAST. That will save you a little bit of coin in these expensive times. Head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs and you can find more details there. Remember, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can access an even bigger discount by using your Patreon secret promo code. Listeners who subscribe to Patreon can access bonus podcasts, works in progress, scripts, heavy discounts to live events, and they also have an episode dedicated to them. Today's shout out goes to Justin Broad. 
Justin, I hope the Lego building, or if you are a heathen from the East Coast, your Lego building is going well and you're building something fantastic while listening to Adam and me today. Uh, Thanks, Juzzy, for being a part of the Big Squid universe, and I hope you're well, mate. If you'd like to be a part of the Big Squid universe yourself, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you will find a tier that suits you. You'll be able to uh, also contribute to some of the podcasts like you'll hear on today's episode. That's right. As I said, some of you shared your thoughts on your favourite TV shows. Uh, it all comes from our subscriber list and it's great. It's a really helps uh, open up the chat and uh, if you're one of those people who contributed I hope you get a kick out of hearing your thoughts discussed here today. Okay I'll check in with you at the end of this podcast but for now let's bring in Adam. So I brought in Adam Richard to discuss favorite TV shows of 2022 and I don't know about you I found this really hard. It's impossible. I've got 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're doing a top 10, but we mm. uh, like I've got a, a pretty long list of uh, mentions. H- how many series did you watch in 2022? I didn't think I watched that many. And then when I went to choose my favourites, I'm like, oh, I also watched all these bad ones as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you know, guilty pleasures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I get that. I've got a few there. Well, I worked out that I'd watched forty nine series. Oh wow! So uh, did you watch anything on free to air? <laughs> no, not no. one thing. The not only e- thing I watched, on not free even to the air. two shows I work on. <laughs> Yeah, the only one I've watched on Free to Wear is Hard Quiz, which would be my number one show, but I feel like that that is, you know, yeah. conflict of interest, so it has to be off the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad luck, Tom. This is one you don't get to win. But uh, <laughs> some some of these he's series... He's won plenty. He's won plenty. <laughs> this is the one that he wants, though. That's I do know that for a fact. But... Um, <laughs> But I, but I, there, there were a couple of series that I watched where, like, they were old TV series. So I finally caught up with seasons two mm-hmm. and three of Dark. I watched all right. three seasons of Borgen. And yes. uh, I watched all six seasons of Inside Number Nine. Oh, that is, that is heavy going. Cause they're like, that's a different thing every week. Yeah. <laughs> and it was great. But it was, yeah. it was kind of like my uh, break over Christmas. Uh, series when I was staying at mum's place. I've been doing that since I busted my leg. I've watched um, all of Happy Valley. I've got one left now, but that the one that's left it hasn't been on yet. Right. Um, and I've been watching Last Tango in Halifax, which I right. just adore. Yeah, <laughs> just catching up on stuff. Yeah. You know. Sorry, what, what, what's that? Is that with Rebecca Gibney and she stopped being a detective? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's uh, Anne Reid. <laughs> And, um, oh, why is his name? Derek Jacobi. And they right. they were in love when they were at 16 and then they married other people. And then 60 years later, they find each other again and they fall in love. No. And their families are a mess. Like, um, so Anne Reid's daughter is uh, Sarah Lancashire, who's also in Happy Valley. It's also written by the same woman who writes Happy Valley. And, right. Um, Gentleman Jack and... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Scott and Bailey, um, Sally Wainwright, she's amazing. And 
and Nicola Walker is Derek Jacoby's daughter, and oh. there's just all this. It's just a great British kind of comedy drama thing. Yeah, great. You know. Uh, and where, where are you watching that? Is that on BritBox or something? Or? Yeah, that's on the BritBox. Yeah. Love my BritBox. I watch Vera on the BritBox. <laughs> yeah, Vera. Great. Um, I reckon you'll know what these series are, but I'll throw them out to you anyway. There mm. were two series that I started and didn't finish. Mm. Do you want to take a guess what they were? Um, Moon I, I, Knight yes. and uh, the one, the girl one. <laughs> The no. One. What's that? What was, what the, the, Miss Marvel. Oh no, I didn't even start that. You didn't and, even start Miss Marvel. No, and I I love those first few years of that comic as well. I oh, that comic was, was great. Yeah, I no, watched both of those. I mean, I I abandoned them and I watched the last few episodes while I was folding the washing one day. Right. Um, <laughs> just to have something on. Yeah. And they have the exact same structure. They had the same episodes four, five, and six. Like the same things happened, just in different places. I'm well, like, it, that's weird. It, it's literally, you know, the way they used to create the comics back in the 60s. Yeah. You know, they have an idea. The artist would go and draw it. The Stanley would come and put all the words in. Yep. And it's done. And it's that's part of the issue with it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those shows are made uh, you know, it's like you can still see the the whiteboard. The, yeah. <laughs> the list of things you've got to include yeah. in on the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. So uh the other one What's was Kenobi. One? Oh, Kenobi. Yeah. I watched all of that. I from the moment that he couldn't chase after young Leia, because they were quite clearly in a sound stage that wasn't big enough for him to <laughs> walk properly i was out i was out and it had jimmy smiths in it oh he's you know he's Leia's dad it's yeah <laughs> i know anyway i'm out i'm as out penance. so so what we'll do is uh let's work our way from 10 to 1 and mm. if uh i i think we'll have some crossover and i think we'll, oh, we'll have also- a lot of crossover i yeah. imagine uh, and I reckon when, how about if you, like if we mention one at nine and we know it's coming up later, maybe we, let's maybe wait until later and get to it yeah. then. Uh, okay. And then uh, my Big Squid listeners have sent through uh, a whole lot of stuff that they enjoyed. So we can oh, share cool. that at the end. So it's great. They've put in some uh, Good reasons for liking stuff as well. So I've got to say, on my list, sometimes I chose something and there are a lot of series that were similar. And Oh, yeah. So anything that I chose that was, you know, rather than have like four space dramas. Right. <laughs> uh, I would go, well, I also watched all these other ones and I enjoyed them, but this is the one that I chose to go on the list. So Okay. So if it's a sitcom-y thing, there's one I chose and there's a few others that I really enjoyed, but they didn't make the list. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yep, that makes total sense. Also, uh, I've also mildly cheated and there's – if a series had more than one season and I enjoyed mm. both of them last year, I, I just put them as one slot. I know exactly what show that is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. You're the guest, Adam. Why don't you hit me with your number 10? My number 10 um, is <laughs> Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which was on okay. Paramount+. Plus. Okay. Now, um, I'm, I'm Star Trek curious. I've dipped my toe into Star Trek here and there. 
What? Which one is this? This is the one with uh, Anson Mount as Captain Pike. So it's uh, on the Enterprise. Spock is the is the science officer, um, played by Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romaine is the first officer. Um, it's a predominantly female uh, bridge crew, which is fun. Yeah, right. Um, but it's very, it's the most traditional Star Trek series. Like it's a, it's a, you know, all the Star Treks now are kind of continuing stories. Right. Um, like, you know, it's they're doing prestige television. It's like 10 episodes to find out who shut the bed. Um, right. or whatever, whatever the MacGuffin is. That's um, a hell of a MacGuffin. Is, oh no, there's a MacGuffin like, in my bed. <laughs> This is like a week. Every week, it's a different adventure. Yeah. Um, the only ongoing storyline is uh, uh, ones involving the characters, like you know, like like old school TV, where right. the characters would have a continuing story, but the adventure once that was done, you'd be on to the next one. And yeah. it was just, I just love Anson Mount. He's very, very attractive. Um, he's my space daddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hang on. He was uh, he was in uh, as Black Bolt in Marvel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And he's been in like I think Hell on Wheels. Uh, yeah. He's been in a few things. Anyway, this show starts with him on a horse, and then there's there's a spaceship in the sky. Like it's amazing. Um, as he played that character, like Bruce Bruce Greenwood played that character in the movies. Yep. And he's he played that character for a year in Star Trek Discovery, and then this was like a spin-off because fans were just like, "He's so good, give him a whole show." <laughs> right, right. And he was perfect. He's just like the you know the perfect staff, starship captain, and it was just really satisfying. Like it was never, you know, like the stakes were never so much that it's like oh, the whole universe is going to end. It's just like ah yeah, someone's stuck on this planet. We're going to go and get them. Like it was not <laughs> right. Like, I just, I'm sick of everything being, you know, the end of the universe. Yes. And, like, it just gets exhausting. And this was just, it just felt very traditional. It was, you know, Adventure of the Week. Uh, yeah. One of my favourite characters died halfway through, which was devastating. Um, and it was just, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I watched a lot of other science fiction stuff. Like, I watched all the Star Treks because there was, I think, Discovery was on this year. Yeah. Oh, last year, sorry. Picard, which is not great. Lower Decks, which is the cartoon one. Yeah. <laughs> and Prodigy, which is also a cartoon, but it's for kids. And it has Captain Janeway in it, which is really enjoyable and fun. Um, Doctor Who, there was an episode of this year, which I enjoyed. But it just, you know, I just really loved this. It felt like yeah. very traditional, old school science fiction Star Trek, but with a budget to die for, obviously. Yeah. So where would you put, like... If you were to say Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who, mm. uh, you know, wh- wh- where where is Star Trek? Like, is it in is it in good shape? Yeah, I mean, Star Trek's always been better written than Star Wars, um, right. e- except for perhaps one outlier <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah, because um, it's. I mean, Star Wars has always been kind of like. You know, it's more of a fa- space fantasy. You know, it's got capes and swords and things. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whereas Star Trek has always been a bit more uh, cerebral, uh, and you know, especially during the nineties when there was like three <laughs> TV series running. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's in good. It's good. It's in good nick. Like the Discovery's still fun, and like I think they're onto their fifth or sixth series. I can't even remember now. Um, but yeah, it's 
it's it's it's enjoyable silly science fiction like it's great you know and it's 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 not going to like the weird thing with um strange new worlds is that it's set before the original series right so it's set on the enterprise before kirk takes over so it's yeah. like a weird kind of you know the spaceship's not going to blow up but <laughs> yeah and Spock will be fine, but none of the other characters were in Star Trek, so he's like, well, anyone could die. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Yep. Okay, great. Um, and wh- wh- where are the movies? Where are they the, at? Uh, oh, God. They're, they were about to make a fourth one and then it fell through because of something to do with the with Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth was going to be in it playing Chris Pine's dad because yep. he played Chris Pine's dad in the first one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're called they call those the Kelvin timeline, which is so it's a whole new timeline cause yeah. of the Romulans coming back in time and changing everything. So uh, supposedly all the TV Star Treks are set in the TV world and the post JJ Abrams movies all live in their own timeline that no one goes to visit. <laughs> right. Yeah. That you can't get at cuz uh, you know time things changed Vulcan blew up whereas yeah. in this world Vulcan's fine. Like one of my favorite episodes of Strange New Worlds was a body swap episode where right. Spock and his fiance swapped bodies by accident. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like this is such a like a cheesy old idea but they just they really ran with it and it was fun. Yeah. I was great. like oh this is great. Yeah. So I'm sure they won't do as good a job with Jennifer Aniston and Julia Roberts swapping bodies. No, no, I don't think they <laughs> In will. That movie that they announced the other week. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that will be uh, not quite as much fun, but uh, <laughs> but you know, fun is underrated. And uh, since that's your number ten, I, I think you will appreciate. We are going mm-hmm. far from fun with my number oh. ten. Uh, this is the new, uh, it was the David Simon, George Pelicanus series, We Own This City, which was the miniseries that detailed the rise and fall of the Baltimore Police Department's Gun Trace Task Force and the corruption surrounding it and centred on, uh, like there were many characters, but it centred on the the real man, uh, Sergeant Wayne Jenkins, who... It's very well. It's really hard to kind of watch in a way because he is an awful human being, but he is played with such burning charisma by John oh, Bernthal yeah. that I found myself often quoting him and and enjoying him. Like I can't really remember <laughs> the last time I hated someone so much and was disappointed when he wasn't on the screen. <laughs> I yeah, John Bernthal. Really, there should be a whole category for John Bernthal in TV shows for yeah. 2022. Yeah. Although I didn't, I was going to watch the um, American Gigolo and just decided against it. I did the same thing. I was like... It looked a bit gross. Well, it's it's funny. <laughs> I, I at first thought, John Bernthal in American yeah. Gigolo? Let's do it. And then I watched the trailer. I went, no, nah, we're good. I'll, I'll watch yeah. John Bernthal in something else. But yeah. uh, a, a crazy... I like a surprise John Bernthal. Yes. Oh, yeah, That's when he better. comes out of nowhere. That's great. Yeah, you're like, well, where did you come from? <laughs> um, <laughs> but so many uh, good actors in this. Uh, Jamie Hector uh, from The Wire was in this. Uh, Josh Charles. Mm-hmm. Josh Charles, uh, goddamn, he was awful in this as well. He was he so was gross. gross, so terrible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, do you pronounce it Wunmi Masako? 
A uh, woman Masako. I love her. She was great. Yeah, she, she was used to be wonderful. in Vera. <laughs> right. Well, I thought this series was fantastic, and also just like any, you know, Simon and Pelicanus work, they did not make it easy for you. They just started no. like it took ages. Like you. you tr- you know, when you have uh, different timelines in other shows, mm. they'll have different colour palettes or something. And really, all you had to go by was his moustache is different. Oh, it must be in this timeline. Like, they just did not make oh, it easy. And sometimes they would show his timesheet for the day. And you're yes. Like, I've got to look at the year in case I'm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, quick. Yeah. No, no. This was three years ago. Uh, but I loved it. I love these guys. They can't do any wrong by me. So that is my number 10. I really enjoyed that show. That was great. Yeah. It, it, it did not make my list, though, because I chose another John Bernthal show over it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hear what your number nine was. Uh, number nine, look, there are a lot of superhero TV shows and movies, things based on comic books, and, you know, mm-hmm. I love – I try and watch all of those because I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed not many of them. I think I enjoyed She-Hulk. Uh, yes, I and enjoyed I enjoyed Shiva. Sandman, um, but the rest kind of left me cold. Uh, but my favourite would have to have been Peacemaker. Oh, yes. Yep. Like did did John, not make my top ten, but was, is in my honourable mentions. Like John Cena uh, as Peacemaker, who is basically, you know, not even really super powered. He's just very muscly. Uh, <laughs> he's a vigilante. He's got a funny helmet. His yeah. companion is an eagle called Eagly. Yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, it was a, it was a spin off of James Gunn's um, Suicide Squad movie. Yes. And it was just a, like a. It was insane. It was fun. It was silly. It was. I like Freddie Stromer as as uh, vigilante had me in hysterics every week. <laughs> he was my MVP of yeah. the series. I like everyone was great, but he the way he kept pitching everything slightly incorrectly and not quite yes. reading the room was yes. glorious. It was amazing and Die Beard. <laughs> so Which funny the most berserk arc um and i just i, I found cena's performance funnier than i expected to be but also more tragic like that relationship yes. with his dad played by robert patrick was yes. like i was like oh this is hurtful and awful yes. and yeah and just kind of how pathetic his life was um and what a spectacular soundtrack as well like this yeah. is I had to watch the opening credits every single episode because yep. that stupid dance yep. was never not funny. <laughs> never not funny. I totally agree. I watched it every time as well. And, and what was good was as you got to know more of the characters, the, the dance, oh, you, you noticed little things in the dance. Yeah. yeah. It was great. I liked that. And even the mopping guy who was only in one episode. Was <laughs> he was in it as well. It was just, yeah, it was great. And uh, I just, like, you can see why they've handed the reins to the entire <laughs> DC yeah. universe to James Gunn because it's like, well, he knows how to make a show that's fun. Like, yeah. it still has pathos. It still has, you know, kind of uh, urgency and action and it's, you know, it's exciting. But, but overall, he knows how to make things fun. Yeah. So did you watch the DC announcement today? No. Um, I'll, I'll wait. 
I'll wait till I read about it. Like, I don't, I'm not mad for, like, I know this is ironic because we're talking about TV, but like Gary, my partner, loves watching things in videos. He'll watch people right. explain things. And I'm like, no, I just want to read it. I want to read an article about yeah. things. And if I'm going to watch something, I want it to be like actual TV show. I don't want to yes. just watching YouTube for the sake of watching YouTube. Yeah. It hurts me. Well, I, I, funnily enough, it was the first thing that turned up on my Instagram when I opened ah. it for the day, and it was, and it was just James Gunn going through everything that yeah. they're doing. Let, let's save that for another podcast because, yeah. as you know, I've checked out. And yes, you are right out of the comic book movies. <laughs> it feels good. I feel free. I feel lighter than I've ever felt. But uh, but what what there's some interesting announcements. Like there oh, are cool. some real left of center uh, I also choices. you know the other thing that I feel like we're in such an announcement culture like yeah. you know our previous prime minister was obsessed with them yes. um like that I I I forget even when the things happen like yeah like I completely sometimes miss the film or the TV show because like it's been announced so many times I'm like was that ever on did yeah. you ever watch that did, yeah I, I don't remember that thing <laughs> yeah when did that happen <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I remember all the announcements, but then there was no show. No, I totally get it. I I feel the same way. It's uh, sometimes <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, I thought I'd saw, uh, seen that thing, but they just talked about it for so many years, and then it never yeah. came up. And I was convinced that I'd uh, actually uh, at some point gotten around to it. But anyway, uh, well, <laughs> what's what's interesting is my number nine is so different to your number nine, but. Mm-hmm. I watched the credits every week because oh, yes. it was people dancing and that was Pachinko. It was exactly oh. a completely different series, but it had a dancing segment at the very start of, the, and I loved it. So I wanted to watch that and I just never got around to it. I've got to get back into it. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, once again, it's a uh, a fractured timeline uh, story uh, where the basic mm-hmm. premise centres around the character uh, Sunja, who we see her journey through the years and the ups and downs that she faces, uh, and that shape her into the woman that she becomes in the future. So you kind of start, uh, you know, in the nines, uh, in the eighteen nineties, with her as a teenager, and then you kind of move mm. through to uh, her as she gets older, and then her her family, and it, it, it there was just something. I don't know. There was just something really beautiful about it. The cinematography was beautiful. Uh, all the actors were wonderful. Uh, there was, uh, you know, you, you you often became really disappointed with people, <laughs> you know, mm. characters that you like. I, uh, I find that with a lot of the Apple TV Plus shows that they yeah. are so beautifully crafted. Even the ones that are a bit crap, like yeah. they look amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. They look fantastic. I feel like they're they're, great casts. They're they're really going for the uh, they're 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 going for HBO, don't you reckon? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where they're aiming uh, their their uh, big guns. I think uh, I don't know. Apple TV was a big hit for me last year, which will become apparent as we go further along. Mm -hmm. Um, I also um, also just the idea of the the game of pachinko, which I was never. Across, I've never even so heard strange. of it. Yes, <laughs> the way that it's rigged to, uh, you know, make you uh, feel like you could win, but you're probably never going to win. So yeah. it feels like it sums up those characters beautifully. But yeah. uh, 
<laughs> what a what a wonderful TV series and uh, one that flew under the radar. But uh, yeah. once again, if you, I if think you that's just... what, that happens with a lot of the Apple TV Plus shows, like yeah. they just you know no one really knows they're there. Yeah, like half half the world's got an iPhone, but not half the world has got the Apple TV. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Like I, I honestly don't know why people don't reach out and uh, check it out because there's so much good stuff on there. All right, great what's, stuff on there. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is a show that was delightful and stressful all at the same time. And there are only like half an hour episodes. Uh, it's the bear, which is on Disney plus. Um, oh, yes. And it's basically about a, you know, a, a Michelin hatted chef yep. who has been in New York, comes back to Chicago to take over his family's sandwich shop because his yeah. brother has passed away and that's all that really is it's about and it is yeah. like the most uh, <laughs> it well, is so much like working in a kitchen that it it actually gave me kind of ptsd <laughs> oh mate well that is going to come hospitality up days. <laughs> that is going to come up further on my list so ah. let's uh let's save that one um but what a series right Oh, like what so a series! Good. And it uh, stars my the person I'm calling my TV MVP this year. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, Eben Moss Backrack. He was in three shows that I absolutely adored. He was great. Like he was so great. Good. His character, once again, we'll, we'll get to it. But his character mm. in the Bear is oh, out yeah. of control and a classic. Ah, oh, fuck this guy! And then at the I end, know. you're like, he's such a delight. It's still I a know. pain in the ass, so but good. what a delight! Yeah. All right, but well, yeah. my number eight is one of two series that released two series uh, oh. seasons last year. And coming in at number eight is Slow Horses one and season one and season two. Mm-hmm. Does I that, adore that. Did, uh, does that come up further in your list? It does not because I, yeah, I bundled all my Apple TVs into one thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a fantastic series. Uh, oh, so good. Uh, so once again, good. it's uh, what are they? MI five or MI six? I can. I always get the two. Oh, they're MI five. MI five is the the ones FBI. that look after England. Yeah. yeah. Whereas MI six is like international. They're like international. The CIA. So they're all the. By the way, regions. MI stands for Mich- military intelligence, which is <laughs> right. <laughs> An oxymoron sometimes. <laughs> well, and especially for these characters as well. Right? Oh man. Oh. So it's all the rejects of MI5 who get sent off to this place called uh, Slough House and they're looked after by an awful, awful man played by Gary Oldman. And oh, it Jackson is... Jackson Lamb. <laughs> he is... He is delicious. Like, it is such a delicious performance. And oh. both seasons were rollicking, like just really good fun, yeah. but also stressful, you know, because you mm-hmm. never knew quite what was going to happen. Uh, not afraid to bump off characters that you're just no. really starting to get to know. People that you're really into. It's like, oh, I love it. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's, it, was, it was quite shocking at times because it's, it's somehow uh, light but also deadly serious mm. and full to of To the action. point where you kept thinking, oh, they're going to reveal that that person wasn't actually killed, aren't they? Aren't oh they? yes, yes. No. I thought that uh, a few times no, as well. Yeah, properly did. <laughs> I know. It, like it, it was actually shocking how many times that uh, you were waiting for someone to come back. Like early on in one of the seasons, it was like, 
I don't know, that death seemed too normal for it to be real. Oh, no. Yeah. No. No. It was real. Yeah. That was a real uh, death. That's, uh, yeah. I love uh, Jack Loudon in it. Yeah, I think great. he's fantastic. And uh, he, uh, he's been completely on my radar from the moment, uh, the very specific moment that he gets pulled from the wreckage of his plane in Dunkirk and the way he's very still <laughs> stiff up a lip. And I went, I don't know what it is, but I like this guy and I'm going to follow like him it. in lots of things. And oh, uh, he's great in this. Also because he is really earnest. Yes, which is great and, for Gary and, and Jackson Lamb. Oh, yeah. Gary Oldman is having so much fun, as is Kristen Scott Thomas. Like which, She seems to be having yes. a ball as well. Yeah, she is oh. out of control good. And their scenes yeah. together, it's like oh. it's a masterclass. Yeah. Um and like the, the, that kind of one-upmanship, the the exchange of status because they're yeah. they're both they both think they're the most important person in the scene and it they're just yeah. wonderful yeah. <laughs> and you know, if if you can't watch a TV series and enjoy the fact that Gary Oldman as Jackson Lamb is just not afraid to fart at any given moment, <laughs> not just that, but like don't come in here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it was in season two when he's at when he's at MI five, and the uh, the woman comes back into the room, and she's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "Oh, sorry, I honestly thought it would have been gone by now." It's like Jesus Christ. Um, but but all the actors are great. Um, also, uh, you know, you get little little tastes of Jonathan Price. Oh yeah, love Jonathan Price. I watched a weird thing with him in the, the other day when he was in his 20s. Right. I was like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Weird seeing him young with a beard. Because <laughs> Still he feels, talking the same. <laughs> yeah, because he, he feels like he's always been mature. Um, the He was uh, in another one of my favourite shows this year, which also didn't make the list because it's just the list was too short. Uh, but he played um, Prince Philip in The Crown. Oh, was, okay. He was so good. Have you read Spare? No, I have not. No. Not really interested in the real people. I like the the TV ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've I've heard excerpts from it, and it it sounds like a really good way to waste a lot of time. Um, yeah. Just before we move on, I have to uh, Saskia Reeves as Catherine Standish. Is oh my god! My kind of Amazing. stealth MVP in the like yeah. everyone else is great, but she's kind of keeping the rhythm of it going in the background. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's so good. Everyone's great in it. It's just like, yeah. It, and it's what I love about it is that it's funny, but the comedy never comes at the expense of the drama and the yeah. the thriller aspect of, you know, it being a spy show. It's just the comedy is just people being assholes to one another. Yeah. Yeah. Real assholes. <laughs> There's no situational comedy. It's just, you know. <laughs> it's great. All right, so what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is, um, so, look, you can't ignore reality television. It exists. We, you know, sometimes we watch it as a guilty pleasure. One of my guilty pleasures this year was Indian Matchmaker on Netflix, which I could not get enough of. <laughs> right, wow. <laughs> which is just about arranged marriages. Um, and the best thing is, like, Seema from Mumbai, who is the matchmaker, like, someone would come and go, I want a man who's this and that and the other thing and this and that. And she's like, she just roll her eyes and go, you have to maybe you'll get 20% of that. Like, you're not right. going to get that. <laughs> 
just like yes awesome um but this is a reality show and a comedy show it was an hbo weirdness uh starring nathan fielder called the rehearsal oh Um, right yep which basic the basic premise is nathan fielder goes and finds some people who have to make a big life choice or confront someone or there's something about their life that they're afraid to do so he lets them practice it like do a rehearsal but in the most batshit crazy way possible like right the first episode there's a guy who has implied that he's had a degree and he did he never got a degree and he wants to tell this woman that he doesn't have a degree because she keeps putting him forward for jobs that he needs a degree for. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and he just thinks she's really judgmental and he's, she's going to be awful. They go to a quiz night together. Um, so Nathan Fielder builds the pub that they go to in a studio and, like, down to the most infinitesimal detail. Even there's, like, a deflated balloon stuck to the <laughs> conditioning right. system. Like, it's crazy. Um, but the show, as the show goes along it starts to kind of turn in on itself. The, like Nathan starts doing rehearsals for rehearsals for rehearsals. Like it becomes it becomes a lot more about him and what's he learning about himself. It just, it, it's hard to quantify, that, but it goes beyond any comedy show or reality TV show to become just this, its own thing. It just becomes like a new form of television and it is... It is terrifying and funny and weird and yeah, it's just a it's a very strange and interesting experience. <laughs> and I get the impression it's also hard to talk about because part of like if you haven't seen it, mm. to, it part of the joy of it is not quite being across where it may or may not go. But I, I, I oh, feel yeah. like I've heard uh, not specifically because I. Uh, it's been one of those ones that I thought I should check out at some point. Hmm. But I've heard I've heard the peripheral of debates of people wondering if sometimes it goes too far as well. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched Nathan For You, which was his previous show. Um, but I've found that that often goes to places. I'm like, oh, that's too far. And, right. yeah, I, I, I honestly think it probably does go too far in places and you're – but also while it's doing that, it makes you, you know, they'll have a conversation with someone saying, are you sure it's okay for this person to do this, you know, that they've signed up for this? And so it's, you know, they're like, they're putting all that on camera as well. The discussions about, do you think it's okay for you, like psychologically for you to be doing this? Yeah. And so, yeah. And then for like when you kind of get to the end and you think, Oh, I think Nathan's too involved in this now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's really strange. It is, yeah, it's, and also just every now and again there'll be just like a, a reveal that will make you just hold your breath and then burst out laughing because you're like, I don't know how to feel about this moment. Right, it's right. So weird. Like, okay. Yeah. I do yeah, need it's to check really it out. Interesting show. I, I've I've heard good stuff and it's uh, and also. Uh, from a lot of people I trust too. Mm. So, all right. Well, my number seven is season three of My Brilliant Friend. Uh, in oh, this... you love that show. <laughs> I do. I do. 
based on Elena Ferranti's third book of her four-part series, uh, season three finds uh, Leela raising her young son alone and working in a factory under the toughest of conditions while Elena has authored a successful novel. And as they Ooh. each navigate life's hopes and uncertainties, Elena and Leela remain united by their ambivalent yet undeniable bond. It is... So, because it jumps forwards, uh, you know, at different ages, there, there, mm. were, there were really young girls, like completely different actresses that played the, fir- yeah. the characters in the first season. And then when it jumped to the next age and the new girls, you're a bit like, oh, but I really liked the first girls. But then you fell in love with these <laughs> girls. And then it's like, and now the fourth season, the final season's coming out and they've jumped ahead to the to the eldest and there's mm-hmm. like oh no i'm not ready to say goodbye to these girls uh, such <laughs> complex characters like leela is just like such a wonderful wonderful character where you, you are rooting for her you are thinking why are you fucking doing this uh, yeah. it's it's uh, the complexities of nasty the nastiness that can come out in friendships mm-hmm. and but also that general uh that genuine warmth that can also be there and that bond that's yeah, yeah, yeah. almost incapable of breaking uh I, I just think it's beautiful and the music's great it looks wonderful and uh that's one of those ones that uh to be honest my mum was banging on about it and i was like, ah yeah all right i'll just i'll just watch the first episode <laughs> and then it's <laughs> now one of my favorites <laughs> Oh bless! Yeah, there's, there's, watch it. It sounds lovely. Yeah, it's great. It, it's uh, set in the fifties. You know, it's mm-hmm. the it's young children uh, being raised post-war. Uh, yeah. the, the ideas of fascism and, uh, you know, where the politics is going. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's also young kids discovering rock and roll. Like they, they come from so uh, they come from uh, so little money. You know, yeah. it's uh, trying to you know, find their way in the world. And also, you know, Elena is so brilliant. She's such a magnificently smart character. And then then there's Leela who makes no effort but is the brilliant friend, (laughs) you know. So uh, I'm a big fan of that and I kind of can't wait, can wait for the final season (laughs) to come out. Uh, What's your number six? Okay, my number six is a show that I was surprised that I loved as much as I did. Okay. Um, it was on AMC Plus, so I'm sure no one else has seen it. Uh, <laughs> I watched a couple of shows on there. There was one that I really enjoyed called Moonhaven uh, oh. with Joe Manganiello yeah. um, and Dominic Monaghan, uh, which was cancelled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it was really interesting. Um, but this was uh, Interview with the Vampire. Oh, yes. You really enjoyed I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I remember seeing the Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt film way back when, um, which was very faithful to the events in the book, uh, whereas this TV series takes certain liberties with, you know, when things are set, uh, a, a whole lot of stuff. And... In seven episodes, they've barely gotten through a third of that book, which I was oh, impressed right. with. Right. Um, wow. uh, Aussie Sam Reed and uh, Jacob Anderson, who played Grey Worm in Game of Thrones, are the yep. two leads. And you know the thing that was missing between Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt is here in spades, which is a palpable chemistry. Like you believe that these two vampires 
want to fuck each other senseless. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> like Merry it is Christmas. a very very sexy show, um, which is the thing that like from the book that I didn't think was portrayed really well because they have a toxic relationship. It's kind of ugly the way they treat each other. It's, uh, you know, and the other thing that, that they do really well in this TV show is you get kind of lulled into this sense of like, oh, they're having this, you know, kind of sweet gothic romance and then someone's head will be burst open and you're like oh it's still they're horrible people (laughs) (laughs) it's a horror series i forgot i forgot because you know that's something that i feel like has been lost in a lot of kind of vampire stories in the last i don't know 10 years or so with sparkly vampires and the like that it should be gross at some point. Like at some point you should be scared and yeah. frightened and horrified. Yeah. And yeah, they and also the costuming is spectacular. Like it's set like a hundred years ago in New Orleans. Um, they film in New Orleans, which is great. Uh, but it does look like they filmed it at the time. You're like, why does this look so amazing? Like it just yeah. looks incredible. The production design. Uh, it's because I love a big dress show. One of my other favorites this year was um, The Gilded Age, which was basically uh, Carrie Coon and Christine Baranski wandering around in big dresses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was Downton Abbey in America. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want. I'm happy for that. Yeah. Um, but this just had that little extra something. And I just, yeah, great performances and just really like and surprising like i was like how can i be this you know familiar with this book and still surprised by this tv show like it's it's a really clever adaptation i think you know where you go which i think they've also done on the last of us tv series where you go i know the game i know all the things that happen and it's like oh you've still surprised me okay yeah okay i'm 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 happy with that so yeah that was that was my number six was uh Sexy vampires bashing Sexy people in the head. You know, my <laughs> introduction to Anne Rice was through the Sting song, Moon oh, Over Bourbon Street. There you go. There you go. So that was how I discovered Sting, <laughs> discovered Anne Rice was through that. <laughs> and even then I knew that Tom Cruise wasn't quite right for the role. Yeah. And look, I think he probably could have been good. Um, I think he's just too likeable. Like you're meant to kind of be fascinated by but also scared of Lestat. Like it's like it's one of those characters where you go, oh, I really like and the the guy playing him, he's the lead character in the I don't know if you've seen the newsreader on the ABC, another amazing show. Right. Um with Anatov. And yeah, he's like you're like, how is this the same guy? Yeah. Like and I felt the same with Jacob Anderson. Like I've seen him, you know, he's in Doctor Who. He's uh in Game of Thrones, but here it's just like I I wouldn't even I couldn't even believe this is the same person. Yeah. Like like it's that kind of great performance where they're so subsumed in a character, you're like, I just can't imagine you as anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen you as two other people. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, my number six I reckon is gonna come up later for you. Uh and mm. that is Andor. Oh, yes. All right, it's so com- it's very coming much up. on my list. All yeah. right, well, let's go straight to your number five then. Uh, so here's a caveat. I don't enjoy comedy <laughs> as a comedian and maybe because I wrote a sitcom and then ever since then I just look at the nuts and bolts of them and I'm like, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing here. I see yeah. what's happening there. Yeah. Um, 
I did, there were a few comedies I did enjoy this year, like, because I watched one or two and then I'm like, nah, I'm done with that. Um, But I did enjoy uh, Reboot with uh, Rachel Bloom and Oh, yeah. I saw saw that just um, got announced that it's not coming back. I know. Pretty disappointing. Although Stephen Stephen Levitan, who created it, said he's going to shop it around. And it's such a great cast. I, I can't. I can't imagine not. Yeah. Um, also, White Lotus I loved, which yeah. is, you know, not really a comedy, but it's funny. Yeah. Um, White Lotus Murders. was great. <laughs> Berserk. And Only Murders in the Building. But the comedy that I decided I had to put on my list um, only got there because I can't love Gene Smart any more than I do. Right. So it's Hacks Season yep. 2 yep. about Deborah Vance, who's – Pretty much Joan Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> it's essentially Jean Smart playing Joan Rivers. Uh, she's been working Vegas all of her life. She's been turfed out of her main thing and now she's had to go back on the road and she's trying to build up her material with Hannah Einbinder in tow, who is her, you know, riding with her. Um, and it is generational difficulties between them. Like they yeah. love each other and they hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> In the most delightful way, um, but yeah, just any any excuse to watch Gene Smart for like do a comedy. I'm just like, yeah, I'm there. Like, yeah, I, I, there's an episode where she does a gig on a lesbian cruise, and I'm like, oh my god, I've done this gig. Wow, wow, <laughs> where she just suddenly becomes the most homophobic comedian on the face of the earth and is horrible to all of the lesbians. I'm like, I've done that. Oh, no. <laughs> I've been that comedian <laughs> in Adelaide. <laughs> I was supporting Sue Ann Post. It was like they kind of turned on something that I said and I just, instead of, you know, and yeah, Deborah Vance does it in Hacks, instead of kind of going, okay, I'll step away from that area, like you double down. It's like, no, yeah. I'm going to get you. And it's like, no, I'm just offending you more. Okay, yeah. I've upset to every lesbian in Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, I've told you my idea. I want to do a smart cast where I yes. <laughs> watch every single thing that Gene Smart's ever been in. No, I, I totally respect that. It uh, would take four decades. <laughs> it'd, it'd be worth it, though. Like I, I told you that I saw Babylon and she's in that oh. and she's magnificent. Yeah. She's always good. Everything yeah. she's in, she's always the best thing in it. Oh, so good. I, I can't bring myself to watch comedy stuff, but I feel like. Um, I will get to that. Oh, uh, hacks is hacks is difficult because uh, she's had a career and it's kind of waning now. Yeah, um, right. I mean, she's still like you know, she still does like shopping channel things, but she's just not relevant anymore. And I'm like, yes, I hear your sister. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just it feels very. I feel very seen by hacks. Right. Well, maybe maybe I'll avoid it just until I feel a little bit better about things. Um, yeah. All right. Well, coming in at number five for me, and this maybe this will turn up with you, but I don't know, mm-hmm. is Severance. Oh, again, I had too many things to choose from, and I yeah. adored Severance, yeah. but it, it's not on my list. <laughs> uh, there is uh, no. I, I feel like going into it on this podcast is not really worthwhile because I did cover it after I got yeah. two episodes in. I went, oh, I'm going to cover this as a solo thing for week to week. So oh. anyone who's listened to this podcast knows how I feel about it. But the idea so of fun. having your your life severed from your work life and your home life and all of the performances in it are magnificent. And Everyone's great. One of the great uh, ending 
ends to a season. Oh. Like, it looked like like a, a, a tasty cliffhanger. That but has... can you imagine if this didn't get renewed? I would like I would have turned a table over. Oh my <laughs> lord! Like like what a what a disaster if that had happened. Um, but I I just loved it. I just thought it was great. It felt it to be honest. It felt really pitched in the perfect Venn diagram for me of things that I like. Oh, yeah. It was surreal. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It was dramatic. It was funny. Yeah. yeah, Even the color palette was delicious to me. And, And another opening credits that I consistently watched. Oh, yeah, you have to watch that one. And also, how spectacular is Patricia Arquette in this show? Oh, my God. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Yeah. Like, just like, menacing and then yeah. at the next minute, really sweet and nurturing. You're like, who are you? Yes. <laughs> I feel like she's been underrated. Like, she's like she's well-respected, but she's kind of underrated mm. as well because she doesn't play the game and, yeah. you know, she just goes about things that are her own way and oh, I love her. It's great to see her in a, in a, in a series like this. Oh, uh, yeah. what, what's, what's coming in at number four for you? Uh, well, here we are up to Andor. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes, let's uh, speak Andor. So not too far <laughs> apart, six and four. Like yeah. uh, what a... Uh, so essentially, all I've really enjoyed in the Star Wars universe are the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian parts of the Book of Boba Fett, and <laughs> and but you know I kind of enjoy them on a for what they are like, and that's not being <clears throat> dismissive, but you know yeah. they're fun and you know. But Andor was. Whew. Let's let's hope that Disney Plus have learned their Star Wars lesson here in that we don't want to see TV shows about people who we already know. Because we already know them and the TV shows bring nothing more. Yeah. Like I got nothing more out of Ewan McGregor as no. Obi-Wan. I got nothing more out of uh, Tamara Morrison as Bo- Boba Fett. Yeah. But The Mandalorian, Complete Stranger and a cute baby Yoda, yes, please give me more. I want yes. more of this. Yes. And Andor, oh, my God. Like, I mean, look, if you told me that Tony Gilroy was show running anything, yeah. I would watch it. Like yeah. he created, you know, Michael Clayton. He was yeah. one of the early born writers. He's just yeah. one of the best screenwriters in the business. But yeah. so anything he was going to write, I was going to be like, yeah, this will be the best show ever made, whatever it is. Yeah. And it just happens to be in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and also Stellan Skarsgård turning in 
Jesus. one of his career best performances, I've got to say. Oh, Lord. The the moment where he kind of uh, changes his image and, yes. and, you know, not only changes his image, but it, it, it's, it's akin to that, you know, that famous scene that you that people often uh put up on online which is the moment christopher reeve changes his body shape from clark kent to yes and, it, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, it's akin to that where he becomes yeah. this completely different person and like you this can, flamboyant amazing yes. fun guy and he's been so kind of serious and yeah <laughs> and, and you can see how he's hiding in plain sight yeah also, the scene where he's basically explaining what he is prepared to sacrifice oh, my Lord. so that there will be freedom one day that he will never see yeah. is one of the best written monologues ever uh, on television and his delivery is heartbreaking. Yeah. And also it's just shot really well. Like his cape's blowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's standing on one of those very unsafe walkways they seem to have in yes. outer space in the future with no rails. Yeah. <laughs> no handrails anywhere in the future. No. Um, even Andy Circus, who I find annoying when he's Andy Circus, Like when he's like an ape or a golem, I'm fine. But right. when... <laughs> When he's playing a human, I'm I kind of get annoyed. But even he, I was like, oh, even he's okay in this. Like, yeah, you know, he, he had really a great good. speed. Yeah, I'll, just I'll, oh. I'll put Andy Circus up in the prestige. I think he's good in that as well. Yeah, but oh I, yeah, he is. I know what you mean. <laughs> but yeah, he, it's uh, he's fantastic in this. The you know the three part uh, storylines, you know, mm. just kept you in those worlds. I, I got to be honest, I could have watched Cyril eat cereal with his mum berating him for another 10 episodes oh, she was great she was that amazing um she played all of the witches in that uh the one Macbeth. of the Coen brothers yeah, yeah yeah she was, she was great. great yeah also who knew i was gonna cry at a stuttering robot oh mate it was <laughs> It was genuinely too much. I, I literally recorded a podcast with Ange LaFoyere uh, this week and she was like, how does that work? Like she just couldn't get her head around how that no. robot had that had such a, an effect on her. And I, but I, yep. I totally get it. It was, it was battered. It, it, it was oh. loyal and, yeah. and everyone wasn't quite nice enough to it. No. Oh, except that guy who stayed with it. Because stayed with it, Fiona yeah. Shaw is, oh, my God. Fiona Shaw was amazing. Like, everyone, yeah. it just, also, it never, it never talked down to you as a, no. as a TV show. Like, it never over-explained everything. Like, yeah. it just kind of, like, let you put the pieces together yourself, which is always, you know, sometimes I feel with, especially genre television, it's like, oh, we better explain everything because the nerds yeah. get annoyed. It's like, yeah. And whereas Tony Gilroy, I read an interview with him where he's like, oh, yeah, we've got people there to deal with, like, things that refer back to Star Wars. Like, if I get it wrong, they just correct it and fix it. And I'm like, oh, so he doesn't even care. Yeah. Like, he's coming in as wanting to write a great drama. Yeah. And, you know, the Star Wars things are just tacked on later. And I'm like, that is the way to go about it instead of going, how can I find a new way into this Star Wars world that I've been obsessed with since I was seven? Like, right. Yeah, you're not going to. <laughs> well, it, it's it's funny. One of the things in this James Gunn announcement this morning was him saying, I've been a fan of this stuff since I was a kid. And that was the one moment that I went, yeah. But no, I totally agree with you. Uh, also, um, the action is phenomenal. Oh, like it, so it doesn't. Exciting. It doesn't 
happen often, but no. we have seen things involving, uh, you know, Star Wars spaceships that we have always been fans of. Like that's part of the mm. appeal is that the yeah. aesthetics of the world are incredible. But, you know, the uh, using the meteor shower to make the escape, oh, the so amazing. Skarsgård getting away from the... Death Destroyer was like, what is Star happening Destroyer. here? Yeah, that was yeah. so good. Oh, my Lord. It was incredible. It so, was so much fun. Um, all right. So, that was your number, number four. four. My number four was season three of Barry. Oh, that's right. You love Barry. Gary loves Barry. Yes. I watched. I think I watched half of the first season and I really enjoyed it. But I think I was watching it around the same time as the Kaminsky Method. I was like, oh, I've watched too many acting classes. I've got to have a rest. Oh, right. Well, what's interesting <laughs> about that is that season three moves on from the they, – mm-hmm. they, they jettison the acting class because it was uh, – yeah. uh, Bill Hader uh, said, you know, felt like we'd done everything that we could. So yeah. they, they move on from that. But uh, season three, you know, it is a series that it doesn't – reset it it moves forward uh, yeah. and by this stage uh, Barry Berkman one of the great names uh, yeah. is in a relationship with the uh, very narcissistic actor Sally Reed, played beautifully by Sarah Goldberg she is kind of awful but also has bad things happen to her so you feel mm-hmm. empathetic like perfect Henry Winkler as Gene oh. is wonderful. Stephen Root as uh, Fuchs is wonderful. I would watch anything with Stephen Root in it. He is always oh. amazing. The, the, everything's great. And even uh, the, the the secret MVP is uh, Anthony Carrigan as NoHo Hank, who ends up in a uh, beautiful relationship with, uh, with another man but has to hide it from all of the other assassins that he's working with and it is one of these series that is like it's it's weirdly funny it has it has one of the great set pieces i've ever seen in a tv Hmm. series where uh barry is riding a motorbike down uh down a highway that is full of traffic and he's got assassins trying to kill him and it's oh wow it's unbelievable and if if people haven't gotten onto it or they haven't gotten back to it, the, it I don't know where they're going to take season four. Right. Because of where they take season three, it season four in some fundamental way has to be a completely new series. Yeah. I felt like that. Did you watch Search Party? <laughs> you'd no. get to the end of a season of Search Party and you're like, well, how can they do another one of these? And then you'd come back and you'd be like, Okay, well, this right. is not anywhere I was expecting it to go, and it became more and more batshit as it went along. Toward yep. till, like, I think the, <laughs> just the final season, which had like Jeff Goldblum in it and Kathy Griffin, right. just berserk. Susan right. Sarandon turned up at one point. It's a very strange show, right? But right. yeah, well, I love I love when you get to the end of a series, and you're like, how how is this going to be a show next year? Where does it go from here? And it's it's yeah. great, and everything's earned as well. Like everything yeah, yeah, yeah. happens, and it makes sense that you got there. And it's uh, oh, one of my favorite. Also, one that I always watch the credits for. That credit lasts a second and a half, but it always yeah. makes me laugh. <laughs> um, what's your number three? 
my number three, which I presume is on your list and just a, a touch higher, uh, is a show that every week felt like a masterclass in filmmaking, and that would be the final season of Better Call Saul. All right, let's hold off. Let's yep. hold off on <laughs> number three then. Uh, because my number three is another series that had two seasons and it was mm-hmm. seasons three and season four of Atlanta, which oh, yes. was season three was incredibly controversial uh, mm-hmm. because uh, not only did we follow the lives of the characters that we've loved in Urn and Paperboy, but they just had some standalone episodes that were like African-American Twilight Zone. Oh, and, they, cool. and, and they spoke to the broader concepts of what they were exploring. But these one-off episodes did not have any of the main characters. And I think it made, it appears to have made a lot of people upset because... Oh, really? Well, because COVID held back the production of the series. It'd been yeah. ages before these seasons came out. And people wanted to see their... Yeah, Darius. And, yeah, yeah, and you didn't get that much of them because now and again you would get an episode where a white man discovers that uh, an African American family have reclaimed all of his assets through reparations. You know, <laughs> and now he's <laughs> and now he's on the run. You know, it's uh, so I I, I loved season three. I loved the standalone episodes. I love them mm. getting weird. I really enjoyed that. And then uh, season four settled back into seeing the normal characters uh, or the regular characters. Yeah. But they still, you know, with an episode, I forget if it was the last episode or the second to last episode, there was still a, a wild swing with a story about uh, an African-American man working for Walt Disney and trying to make a movie about Goofy and everything going horribly pear-shaped. But anyway, it, it finished beautifully. The last episode was perfect. They finished it mm. uh, with, with such a plomb, and uh, I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like Atlanta's had a huge effect on a lot of TV series, and yeah. uh, I, I feel like it's a perfect series from season one to season four. It just is completely right. I've that's one that's one of those shows that weirdly I watch on planes. Whenever I'm on a plane, I'm like, oh, right. Atlanta's on. I'll, I'll watch that because yeah. it feels like something you don't have to kind of constantly be keeping up with. Like, yeah, it's, well, there's it's no still entertaining. Yeah, the, there's there's no definitive forward narrative. Like, there's always no. like there is narrative, but you like one of the episodes. They're they're in Hungary and someone stolen Paperboy's phone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's just like that's that's what the episode's about, you know. Or yeah. uh, another one's about them wanting to get some sneakers that they, you know, are having yeah. a difficulty finding. While uh, so, you know, Ern and uh, Darius are off trying to get these hard to find sneakers, while Paperboy is being uh, potentially hunted by uh, someone who murders people who do certain YouTube clips. So, you oh know, it's, it's, it's quite surreal Mad. and it's great. But I, I loved it and was very happy with how it finished. Um, oh, great. What's your number two? Uh, my number two, like I said, I've loved a lot of things on Apple TV. I loved Severance. Uh, yeah. uh, I, but my 
I, this is a show that I keep trying to tell people to watch because it's so amazing and I love it so much and no one else is on board. And I've managed to talk you into it finally uh, for all mankind. Oh, yes. <laughs> Series three. Yeah. Which just, uh, you know, one of the things that I found with For All Mankind is like, you'll be watching it and you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is a good episode. And then suddenly some terrible space thing will happen and you'll not breathe for about 40 minutes. (laughs) It's it's a hell of a show. Uh, For All Mankind weirdly didn't make my top 10, but I think was in my top 10 a few times, like while I was trying to work out this list. Uh, Just a great. Great series. So yeah, it's basically it's set in, in the in the space program at NASA, yeah. in an alternate universe where the Russians landed on the moon first, and so because the Americans have constantly been felt like they're catching up, they've actually done more stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, so the third series, and it jumps about a decade in between each series. Yeah, and so yeah. series three is in the nineties, and they're going to Mars. Um, but just, you know, if you want to watch just a single hour of television that makes you your heart jump up into your throat, the first episode of Series 3 where there is a disaster, an Irwin Allen disaster yeah. on a space hotel yeah. is really one of the best episodes of TV I've ever watched. And just like, I'm like, this could be a whole movie. Like it's yeah. really dramatic. It's really exciting. Um, and I'm like, if this is the first episode, what is going to happen in the rest of this season? Oh, yeah. And it is as confronting and full And I feel like the, even the title for All Mankind is a bit of a furphy because uh, I think it's around episode three of the first series. Suddenly it becomes the most amazingly feminist show you've ever watched in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really tricky the way they kind of slip that in there. Yeah, there were there were a couple of episodes this season where I was in tears, like absolutely bawling my eyes out. Like uh, Jodie Balfour's character Ellen just had to do some really difficult things. Yeah, um, and you know, there's there was a whole thing with the AIDS epidemic going on, which just rang a lot of bells for me. Uh, and just you know the way the way gay people were treated uh, back then, it just was very. Yeah, there were a lot of emotional beats. There, there's a self-destructive alcoholic character who's obsessed with someone who I was just like, I just kept yelling at. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! Just you know the anger you have with someone who knows they're doing the wrong thing and does it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, Joel Kinnaman is a real solid. Uh, oh. performer all the way through it. Like, you know, everything kind of bounces around him and uh, I, I feel like it's the best thing I've seen him do. He's so good in it. He's so yeah. great. And it's, you know, there is there is one of my favourite episodes, I think, in season two is one where, you know, he gets some news and you think he's going to be excited about it and he's not. Oh, and it yes. is one of the most devastating moments in I've ever seen. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, my God. I just thought I was like the show is kind of preparing you to have this happy family moment where you're all crying because of beautiful things happen and, you know, yeah. I just want to be just like Dad and it just it does not go like that and he no. turns and you're like, oh, yeah, this show is even better than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the production values are insane. Like season three on oh. Mars is 
it feels like they filmed it on mars yeah. like i feel like yeah. that with the moon scenes i'm like yeah how did they film this on the moon <laughs> yeah that's the apple tv thing they're throwing money at at, at production value and you're just like I honestly believe that they filmed this in space. <laughs> uh, it looks magnificent. And also another series that when you get towards the end of season three, you're like, well, this is going to have to be a brand new show. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do jump 10 years. So, like, the yeah. next one will be in the 2000s, which I'm kind of excited about. Also, yeah. there's a great um, – another thing with a lot of the Apple shows and the HBO shows, there's always a really good podcast that they have that goes along yes, with Yes, which you put me onto, which is great. Yeah, it's fun. But, yeah, uh, and also, like, the science, like, they, the science of being in space. Like, it's never it's never so, like, it's not like Star Wars or Star Trek science. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, if we miss this by a bee's dick, everyone's going to die. Like, this yeah. is, you know, and you're like, oh, oh, this is the real science. Like, they've yeah. done some maths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is actually how it works. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that's a great number two. Uh, we've already mentioned this one, but my number two was The Bear. Uh, mm-hmm. I just was into this from the first episode. Uh, Jeremy Allen White is like, he's come straight from 1977. He is <laughs> such a good actor. He is he's so, so compelling. Uh, my, I only have one problem with, the, with him in that role. It's that, he seems to wake up and go to work and then go straight to bed from work. And I'm like, I need to see him pumping iron because he's built like a brick shit house. Oh, right, and right. He's not lifting anything heavier than a sandwich. Come on. Right, right. I need, <laughs> when is he doing this working out? <laughs> yeah, I need, I need one scene of him on a Sunday just, one, just pumping iron. Just, yeah, just one scene of him lifting like tons of bricks for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, his, uh, his interaction with uh, Ebon Moss, Bacharach is oh my god! Like Evan Bacharach has been in so many of my like I really enjoyed the dropout this year with um Amanda Seyfried and he's in oh, that yeah. yep. he's in Andor uh, yep. for about three episodes he plays a yep. great character in that and he's just but cousin Richie is just oh, just like one of the great what an characters. asshole and what a delight what, yeah <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, also, uh, Ao Edabiri, who plays mm-hmm. Sydney, is just as good as everybody. Yeah. I reckon. I, I uh, thought everyone was, it was great in this. Like the you know the woman that is really resistant to calling anyone chef. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Until yeah, yeah. halfway through the series, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, you've turned a corner. Bless you." Yeah. Keep I, making the donuts. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had a few people tell me that they didn't like the ending because they thought it was too neat or whatever and it's like i just didn't see it that way at all and also you know what when you give us that second to last episode which literally went 19 minutes but was one shot and i thought i was going to have a nervous breakdown if you're going to give me something that i can have a little sookie sookie la la over thank you thank you that's good storytelling to me i don't know why anyone would get angry about that that is a fucking relief and i it it was nearly number one for me. It was can I, so close. Can I tell you, I so Gary and I sat down to watch the first one, and <laughs> four hours later, we had finished the entire series. We watched all of the bear in one sitting. Wow. Well, I'm not surprised. It's so good, and it's like it it actually holds up. Like some shows don't really hold up for that. Like I, yeah. 
I, like I couldn't watch like three episodes of Better Call Saul in a row, but the bear was just like, oh yeah, these are all good. I love them all. Right. I uh, I, I stretched it out as long as I could, but then yeah. once I got to that second to last episode, I had to go straight oh into God. the last episode. That second, that yeah, the, just those bits of paper flying out everywhere. I was like, oh, no. Oh my lord. <laughs> Anyway, and uh, also we, uh, you know, you don't want to give anything away, but it has a guest star appearance by someone we raved about, and he's fucking wonderful. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Just like it's just one of those moments where you're like, of course that's you. You're perfect. It's it's like in the Crown. Timothy Dalton turns up in the final season. It's not the final season, the second last season. And he plays a character who was in the first season of The Crown. And you're like, oh, Timothy Dalton, you're perfect for this. Yeah, right, right. To be this guy 50 years later. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, what was your number one show for 2022? Uh, Now, this is a weird one um, because... The reason I loved it is because it was comforting. Like so many shows I found confronting and terrifying and I love that about them. Uh, You know, I love the fact that For All Mankind makes me anxious (laughs) for 45 minutes. Um, But my number one show is Julia, which is about uh, Julia Child, the chef, and about how she made her television show, uh, how she became the first celebrity chef, essentially. Uh, So this is a show, it stars Sarah Lancashire from um, Happy Valley and uh, Last Tango in Halifax as Julia Child. David Hyde Pierce plays her husband. Yep. Uh, Her next door neighbour is Bibi Neuwirth. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And it's, you know, it's all the sumptuous, gorgeous uh, mid-century fashions and production design which i'm assuming is what you're loving about my beautiful friend um so this is like so this is like late 50s early 60s it's also the early days of television uh so it's about how public television kind of started but it's also very literary and literate um Uh, Judith Light plays her editor at uh, Knopf, which is the publisher um, that put out her book, who also put out books by, like, John Updike. So John Updike turns up as a character at one point. Right, right. Uh, at one point she meets Betty Friedan, who, you know, kind of was one of the pioneers of, of feminism. Um, so there's a whole, it's got a very literary and literate kind of thread to it. It's it's really, it's just a beautiful show, and it's just really comforting watching, watching people cook. And yeah. it was always kind of uplifting. It felt very theatrical in a way, like the writing felt very like you know, like it was written for the stage almost, even though it was a TV show. Um, and yeah, I just, I really, even James Cromwell turns up at some point. Yeah, like, right. it just was a really comforting show. Like when I got to the end of the series, I was like, I'm going to start this again. Because yeah. I just loved spending time with those people. I love spending time in that world. It was, you know, whenever something was a struggle, it was kind of a triumphant struggle instead of just people being beaten down all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just I just found it a really beautiful experience. Just I loved it. So, yeah, Where, Julia. Where's, where's that? It's an HBO, so it's on binge. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I just... Um weirdly watched the movie for the first time. Oh, Julia and Julia. Yeah, which yeah. I loved. 
Which is so yeah, basically so the the movie is kind of about the writing of the book. Yeah. And so this is about the book's been published and she's now starting she's, on her Yeah. Well, her, it's, it's it's like I watched the prequel, so now I can watch the series. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the like just the the kind of like the performance like is Sarah Lancashire is just incredible. Like it is a towering performance where you just go, How have you just embodied this character like it's amazing and just her chemistry with david high pierce is great it's yeah yeah it's just a really beautiful show like i i i yeah i know it feels weird for after talking about how much i loved a whole bunch of depressing shows no, no, that my no. number one show was just a really like like comfort food <laughs> no i i totally get it i totally get it well, my number one show, which we've already uh, kind of mentioned, is season six of Better Call Saul. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny. It it nearly didn't end up at number one because, you know, it was perfect. I just thought it was, it was perfect. perfect. And it when was. something's perfect, you kind of almost take it for granted. But yeah. I thought all of those episodes were wonderful. Uh, I thought uh, Odenkirk was magnificent. He So good. He... I needed him to have a comeuppance, but I didn't want anything bad to happen to him. And yep. it feels like I got both. I also love the kind of meta narrative they had where it's like, okay, here is a comedy actor who's kind of stepped out of his lane in quite a big way. Yeah. And who can we bring him down with other than a comedy actor who's stepped out of their lane in quite yes. a big way in Carol Burnett. And it was oh just my like, God. wow, this is like, this is saying something in yeah. like, I don't know what it was saying, but it was really... Oh, but you know what I love about the show is that I reckon you can go 20 minutes in an episode of Better Call Saul with not a single line of dialogue. Yeah. And yeah. it's just masterful visual storytelling. Like yeah. no one explains anything to you. Yeah. Again, something I loved about Andor, where you are left to put all the pieces together and to add everything up and go, oh, that's what's happened there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's um, uh, Mike, played by Jonathan Banks, is perfect for, like, you could just watch him going about his day. Yeah. And it's riveting. Riveting. Um, uh, Ray Seahorn as Kim Wexler is the most underrated actor on TV in the last however many seasons this has been going. Uh, uh, one of the one of the best bus cries I've ever seen. Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah, it's so good. The um, the Michael Mando as Nacho storyline was magnificent. Uh, Howard mm-hmm. Hamlin was like all great oh. TV series. Like you just went on such a. How do I feel about this guy? And where you yeah. ended up was, man, he just didn't deserve that. No, he just didn't deserve that. He he was flawed, but. He didn't deserve yeah. that. Uh, the weirdly, the last moment you had with Gus Fring was yeah, like, like if you said, you know, like we know what happens to Gus, but yeah. in this series, how do you how do you finish off with him? And you go, oh, oh, we'll finish with him making the concerted decision uh, to n- never allow himself to feel anything outside of his oh job. my god, and it's, that and was it's devastating, heartbreaking. That was really heartbreaking. Because you're just like, oh, I know where you end up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tony Dalton was, as Lalo, oh. was one of the most riveting characters I've seen in a TV series. I loved him so much because he was so delightful and such an asshole. You're like, yeah. 
just want to like you. Why? <laughs> I've never been more afraid for everyone around him, uh, around a character. You know what? You know how there's that new version of Magnum? I wish it was Tony Dalton. Can you imagine oh, Tony Dalton as yeah. Magnum? You'd, You'd just be what? like, yeah, Magnum. I, I actually would have given that a crack. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. What a... Oh, man. That is... Uh, like, I would watch Tony Dalton cr- solving crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made me very disappointed, uh, but all the uh, all the reappearances from uh, Michael McKean as Chuck. You know, we got Walter yeah. and Jesse again, and yeah. uh, you know, I just thought, I just thought the ending was pitch perfect. You know, yeah. and and I I I, I was going to say I really love that scene with Jesse and uh, Kim, Kim, where you're like yeah. both of them, both of them caught up in these crazy situations by someone who. They can't, they can't extricate themselves from. Yeah, like that was a really beautiful kind yeah. of moment. You're like, oh yeah, both of you are not gonna have a good time. No, <laughs> and it's funny. It's like, uh, like if all those, if that whole team decided that they wanted to do more stories in that universe, like I'm a hundred percent up for it. I, I yeah. totally will go back there. But it also felt like a fitting farewell yeah. to this universe and now it's time to do something else. Well, that's what, 12 seasons all up between the two of them? Oh, yeah, and the movie. And something I loved the ridiculous. movie as well. I thought the movie was great. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I really like about them is that they never, you know, by the time you get to the movie, Jesse mm. Plemons and, uh, you know, what's his name, have uh, Aaron, Aaron Paul, Paul. Have, have enjoyed some food and it's yeah, fine. Um, it doesn't, it and- doesn't matter. And and no. Bob Odenkirk is obviously much older as Jimmy oh, yeah. before, but who gives a shit? Yeah, like it, he's it wearing a hilarious matter. wig, and we don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's great. So, um, so you had some honourable mentions. Uh, so many honourable mentions. I mentioned a few of them as we've been going along. Um, one of them is uh, the final season of The Good Fight, which I just yes. have loved for six seasons, and. You know, Christine Baranski is amazing and everything. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was really sad that it was finishing. I was like, oh, I don't want it to stop because they just kept, you know, this is a team who'd written seven seasons, I think, of The Good Wife and then did six seasons of The Good Fight. And yeah. it just, you know, as a prestige kind of streaming show, it became even more challenging uh, than it was as The Good Wife. But, yeah, it just just really really clever tv making and you know the final season had andre brower in it as a new yeah. character i'm like what how can you yeah. ah amazing yeah so yeah i really enjoyed that but yeah everything else i think i mentioned uh yeah i, I had some like some fun um guilty pleasures that were technically not great shows but were enjoying to enjoyable to watch for yeah because they were kind of straightforward. Like Reacher, I really enjoyed. It's, you know, it's not amazing, but it's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, and same with The Lincoln Lawyer, which, you know, I'd read the book and it's a very, it's David E. Kelly just kind of going through the motions and writing a law show. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. This yeah. is fun. Like it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's 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 not it's not setting the world on fire, but, you know, it's good to see Neve Campbell back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, you know those kind of shows. I just, I, I really love a show where I can just go, yeah, this isn't going to tax me, and I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, you had some of my uh, 
uh, TV shows as, uh, uh, in your top 10. So some of mm. my honourable mentions were Peacemaker for All Mankind uh, and uh, White Lotus Season 2. You know, they easily could have been yeah. in, in the top 10. Uh, I loved Winning Time. That is, oh, that's right, fucking, you did. That is sh- <laughs> injected straight into my veins, and I and you know Magic Johnson is my all-time favorite athlete in any yes. profession of any era, and I think they've really nailed him with the actor. And it's you know it's it's he's a hard person to portray because he's a six foot nine basketball. Yeah. But you know, do not watch that series thinking you're getting a documentary, but it is great. Um, what we do in the shadows, season four, consistently funny mm-hmm. every week. Um, my friends show a uh, beginner's guide to grief uh, by mm-hmm. Annie Linda. I thought was wonderful. I really enjoyed his dark materials, season three, and uh, I thought the Sandman was really good too. Sandman was great fun. Yep. I, I will say I enjoyed most of the Sandman. I found the last few Same. episodes to wear were wearing me down a little, but. It- it was um, funnily enough. I thought the best episodes were when they combined two episodes, uh, two issues yes. into one episode, and it, it, it yeah. worked really well. Uh, my my only real, uh, and this is, I, I don't think this is a flaw. This is just a preference. I just mm. in the comic, I think Lucifer is funny. Yes, and Lucifer was just I'm Lucifer, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> Quite I watched uh, I watched Wednesday just recently, which I really enjoyed. Okay. That is that is some that, that's a good fun series, and you know Gwendolyn Christie is having a ball. Yeah, right, right. I didn't know she was in that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Catherine Zeta Jones is in it. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. Fred, Fred Armisen plays Uncle Fester. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Zerk. <laughs> Uh, so the uh, some of the listeners have uh, sent in the things mm-hmm. that they love that I thought you might find interesting. Uh, Matt Deegan wrote Severance. It made me feel like I felt during season one of Lost. I couldn't yeah. wait for the next episode and thought about That's it all true. week. Yeah, I you know I feel like he's summed that up beautifully. Uh, Michelle Falzen said, uh, "Hmm, it would be a dead heat between Severance and Andor." Both so completely different, but both were the surprise I didn't know I needed. I've always loved sci-fi, and it was wonderful to see such freshness and creativity, engaging characters, and compelling Mm -hmm. storylines. Rachel Blair uh, has also agreed. Severance for her, too. It's Mm -hmm. the only series I've been passionate about in years. Rachel's passionate, so if if she's saying she's (laughs) passionate about Severance. Uh, Terry has said... Uh, Better Call Saul, uh, she said, for the pacing, the cinematography, the portrayals and the heartbreak you always mm. knew they were moving towards. For me, the journey of Jimmy, Saul, Gene, Kim, Mike and Nacho has been the most satisfying TV experience ever. Mm. Can't argue with that, right? No. And uh, it, it is like, you know, it's it's weird that the prequel feels so much more accomplished than the the what it spun off from. Like, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. But, yeah, I just feel like they've learned so much more about filmmaking that it is, yeah, it's a much better series. Weirdly. Yeah, 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 no, I agree. It's, you know, you've got all this experience. You've got all of the lessons yeah. learned. So, uh, Steph Perino, hello, Steph, has said, apart from the new seasons of existing shows, e.g. Only Murders in the Building and the last season of The Walking Dead, the only new series this year I was excited to watch weekly was Welcome to Wrexham. Just oh, that's meant something... to be quite good. Yeah. 
I hadn't heard of it. So she just needed something light and wholesome, I think, and that's why I enjoyed it. It's um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buying, buying a, a, a Welsh football team? Yeah. 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 It's... So it's a reality show essentially, but yeah, yeah it's uh, it's uh, yeah. Apparently, it's quite fun. I've not watched yep. it, but it's uh, it keeps turning up on my thing, trying to get me to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pip wrote to me uh, saying, uh, being old enough that I can happily recall my teen years, whilst boring my own daughters, Miss Thirteen and Miss Fifteen, <laughs> made me shriek with delight when we could be entertained with Heartbreak High on Netflix. Every oh, single wow. element kicked goals for the streaming service. The language, outfits, and emotions displayed by the teens, and unearthing some sensational new local talent, mirrored everything used amongst the teens of today. The storylines were truly binge-worthy, and yet all three of us agreed to a limit of. No more than two episodes in one hit. This allowed the dialogue, <laughs> scenery, and plot time to float in our minds, and we had some fab discussions on theories. This reboot provided this mum a chance to talk freely about two things. One, her unwavering crush on Peter Rivers, played by Scott Major. Always good to see original characters have a part <laughs> in a Major. reboot. I know. And two, we indulged in some truly cringe episodes of the original. Oh, seriously, I was addicted at the time to HBH, but thank goodness the acting skills have improved. And she gave Gave it five spuds. Uh, uh, VJ Owens said, uh, with apologies to Severance, Atlanta, and many others, my top spot goes to the bear. What they could squeeze into 30, 40 minute episodes seemed to defy physics. I'd wager episode seven will be required viewing to students of the medium for many years to come. So tasty. It's like yeah. that was only nineteen episodes, uh, nineteen minutes, and it was like nineteen minutes. If that had been nineteen and a half minutes, I probably would have dropped dead on the lounge. Oh, yeah, we'd have to put you on a heart bum machine. Yeah, I've got one in the cupboard. Uh, Danny Radford said, Severance, easily the best TV I watched this year by a mile. The characters' performances and storylines was uh, were tip-top. Can't wait for season two. I struggled with TV this year. I got really bummed about it halfway through the year and stopped watching all TV series with the exception of Andor. Oh, Danny, oh, wow. what happened? What happened? I mean, like, I can get it. There were some yeah, things yeah. that were d- depressing. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, and there was, you know, what was weird? There was so much true crime. Well, not even true crime, really, but there were so many like true stories. Like, there was Pam and Tommy, which I enjoyed. Mm. The dropout. There was uh, Dharma. Dharma. The Welcome to Chippendales. There was. Um, the, the other one we watched the other week. Uh, oh, Gaslit, which is right. amazing but depressing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like that. And then, you know, they were good ones. And there were some ordinary ones like that WeWork one with um, Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto. Yeah, like, yeah. there were so many of these. It was like, wasn't there an Uber one as well? Like, yeah, was... I think it, I think if you get on a, a, a roll with a couple of bad ones. But, uh, yeah, know, I think sometimes you just have to know when to pull the pin. Yeah, but also when when you're seeing like when you're watching television and it's basically the news turned into a a drama, it yeah. it can it can be a little bit wearing. I can yeah. understand yeah getting worn down by all that yeah. Uh, Monica wrote, uh, this, is, uh, this has been a tough one. Severance certainly provided me with the biggest smiles and laughs. The defiant jazz scene was pure joy. Yeah, the, yes. yeah the jazz scene. Oh, man. 
I can that never was... think of waffles again without thinking about this show. The, <laughs> the bear <laughs> made me pace around the house in an attempt to deal with the anxiety. The stress is visceral. Andor was so enjoyable. It made me feel very optimistic for the future direction of Star Wars. Uh, Shetland, I love this little show. It is like a big comfortable warm blanket a mm-hmm. pot of tea my nana blanket snuggled up on the couch of on a saturday night off i go on a little trip to the murderous scottish isles <laughs> um aaron donaldson wrote i wanted to put ted lasso but realized that was at the end of 2021 and season yes. three isn't out yet uh his choice was uh colin from accounts so well written great oh. diversity of topics and actors and a great modern way to look at relationships family relationships success stereotypes and dealing with the lives we now live it's uh it's a pisser of a series loads of laugh out loud moments and damn i see so much of myself and my wife and our various struggles with family and modern life in this show both patrick brammel and harriet dyer are brilliant comedic actors and a support cast of lovable and dislikable characters abound so great to have an aussie voice even though they both live in the usa currently so well shared <laughs> on the small screen uh, white lotus season two good twist one familiar face and expertly written and uh, one of the great clunks uh up there with Kenneth oh, yeah. Brenner in Tenet as well. So. <laughs> I do love, I love Paddy Brammel. He's so good. He's very good. And uh, two more. Uh, Claire wrote, I enjoyed The Sandman. I was a latecomer to The Sandman graphic novels, first read in 2016, so I hadn't waited nearly as long as everyone else to see this series come to pass. Happy it's been renewed. And Matthew Thurban wrote, it's a tie between Andor and Severance. Andor had the most dense dialogue of any Star Wars movie or TV series, yet every piece of dialogue was so efficient in building characters and their motivations and progressing the story. Genevieve O'Reilly's performance as Mon Mothma was mesmerizing. Oh, totally so agree. Just so just unbelievable. I could watch her just gritting her teeth at a dinner party for yes. another ten episodes. Like still um, giving daggers to her husband for about I an know. hour and a half. I could watch I that. <laughs> yeah. And Severance, if only for the pure joy I felt watching that defiant jazz scene. Humanity def- defiantly bursting through the dystopia and paranoia. Both series left me craving for more. So uh, interesting what the listeners were getting into and very passionate about it as well, which I love. One thing that I will, I don't know if you've mentioned it on your podcast, but I remember you saying to me um, that you thought there was there was a scene in Andor where a guy was having trouble fitting into his uniform and you said yes. that's more character development than any other character in Star Wars has <laughs> had ever. <laughs> Trying to get the jacket on. <laughs> yes, it was. It was just one of those moments. You're like, oh yeah, I know this guy. He's been oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's been he's been living a very easy life, and he hates his child, yeah. and he his yeah. wife's not into him, and he's a he's a boomba now. It's great. <laughs> That's such a good show. <laughs> well, uh, that brings us to the end of the our favourite uh, TV series for 2022. I figure this is probably the right time to announce it because it'll be first. But you and I are going to cover all of the Mission Impossible movies in the lead up mm-hmm. to the, the latest one coming out uh, in the middle of the year. Mission Impossible with Adam Mission Richard. Mission Impossible. Me. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that as well. Okay. We're going to go into the cone of silence. Oh, no, that wasn't that. That was a different show. No, that was a, yeah. <laughs> no cones this time. Uh, where can people find you, Adam? Uh, Adam Richard has a theory. Uh, my Doctor Who podcast uh, for the 60th anniversary. I'm kicking things off by watching the very first Doctor Who episode, yeah, An Unearthly right. Child. Yeah. Wow. 
So that's a bit exciting. Or uh, me, I am a memoir, the meaning of the meaning of Mariah Carey. <laughs> Just never, never, never stops being funny. Never stops being funny. Where we've been listening to J-Lo albums and here's a spoiler, I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did not see that coming. So, all right. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jazzy. Thank you to Adam for his time in discussing his favourite TV shows and also a big thank you to all of you, my listeners, who took time to share their thoughts as well. Uh, It was uh, a lot to take in and there were some excellent suggestions and hopefully I'll be able to track down some time to uh, take some of your suggestions on board. They were great and I really love how articulate and passionate you are about what you love. So uh, thanks for uh, sharing your thoughts with Adam and I. And starting soon, Adam and I will begin our look back at all the Mission Impossible movies leading up to the latest one coming out later in the year. We love these films and uh, we're subtitling this Mission Impossible. (laughs) And it starts soon. Adam and I have already recorded podcasts about the first two movies and like literally we recorded... Uh, the podcast about the second movie yesterday and I don't know if you haven't seen it before but the second movie is a stinker and it's a really really funny podcast so uh, the first one will be coming up soon and uh, yeah we're really looking forward to getting stuck into this Uh, some brand new segments Uh, there's going to be some older segments brought over from Space Podacy, so you'll be able to really enjoy this. And uh, starting next week, our Chitter Chatter segment returns on Monday mornings. Uh, They're our mini episodes that are a good way for you to have a little bit of trivia to start your week, and you'll be able to hear Adam on that alternating with the chasers, Bryden the Shark, Coverdale. So we've recorded... I think we've recorded 10 episodes already, so they're good to go as of next Monday. They usually go up around 6.30am, so keep an eye out on your uh, feed for those podcasts there. Uh, Thank you to Justin Broad for being our Patreon subscriber for this episode. Uh, When you have a chance, Justin, let me know what you thought of this app, and... Let me know if there's any quality TV that we uh, missed out on, that we uh, didn't cover. Between everyone, I feel like we we should have covered everything, but who knows? There's so much good TV, so let us know. If you're one of those people who would like to join our Big Squid universe, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton. You will find a tier that suits you. At the moment, my Patreon listeners are listening to a work in progress. I'm working on what is uh, a mildly secret project for Big Squid. And it is a three-part short story that will go into the beautiful tales for the Disenchanted uh, episodes that we produce. So this is the first of a three-parter, and it's the first building block into something that will hopefully become bigger and bigger and bigger. And my Patreon subscribers are getting to hear this as a work in progress. So at the moment, the first two chapters are up there. So if you uh, decide that you would like to subscribe, you can hear how something is put together and how it progresses as well. And then you'll be able to hear it on the main feed once it's all ready to go. 
Remember, if you're in Adelaide and would like to see my new solo show, Little Victories, head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs and use the promo code podcast to save some money on your ticket purchases. Five shows only. I'm going to be in and out before you know it. So if you'd like to come along, uh, please uh, get in there, get those tickets, and I'll see you at the Rhino Room. Let's finish today's podcast with a quote from American public servant Nicholas Johnson. All television is educational television. The question is, what is it teaching? You know how I feel about reality TV. You know what I think a lot of it's teaching. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time. Until then. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.